everybody. Welcome into the Rogers Roundtable. I'm Selden, joined alongside my cousin Calvin. And on today's show, we're going to have a bit of a special episode. Our Aunt Amy was the youngest of the 13 siblings. Um, she passed away. And so we decided that we'd still like to do something for her. And so we asked her children if they would like to be on. So today we have Allison, Olivia, and Wyatt joining us. So we just want to thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So we'll still start out the same as we would with everybody else. So just tell us, each of you, about yourselves and a little about your immediate family. So we'll start with Allison and then just go around. Okay, so I'm number one of the four, and Mommy was the 13th of the 13. Um, so I am married to John Colton. Um, we've been married for eight years. I have two sons, Walker, who's 11, and Weston, who's three. I'm the second, Olivia. Um, I am married to Damon Leonard. This September, we'll be married for 10 years. Um, we have two children together, Oliver. He is eight, and Hazel is four. So <clears throat> I am the third, and then Adriana would be the fourth youngest, last one. I am married to Courtney. We've been married three and a half years. Um, I have a daughter, Iva Amy, who will be three in March. And our son, Woods, Leon, was just born two months ago today. Another thing that we like to ask each person that comes on is, how would you describe your parents? Wyatt, we'll start with you and we'll go right around. So I'll start with Dad. I would describe him as hardworking. He was a great teacher and still is. He's really helpful, definitely caring. And he has a really good sense of humor. I believe a lot of us kind of share that with him in our own ways. <clears throat> and Mom was... Definitely outgoing. She'd give you the shirt off her back. Definitely selfless, loving. Um, she always checked in with you to see how things were going, no matter where you were, if you were just standing in the kitchen or doing chores or anything around the house. She made sure to also let us know that when she was proud of us and uh, showed us how to work hard and put others first. I would say that Dan was, is stern, but soft. He has this outward hard shell but once you get to know him you understand his kind of love language uh, which is different for each of us but mom was invested in us and our biggest cheerleader she would like Wyatt said she would know everything about us and check in on us and always we always felt that um, importance and that love through that so I have a lot of the same things um, that Wyatt and Libby said. Um, I'll start with mommy. And the one thing that, the first thing that came to mind was critical. And it just took me back to Uncle Robert's thing. Because for me, I felt like she was critical. I was the oldest. I made all the first mistakes. So. I didn't feel like we, I mean, speaking, I'm speaking for myself. I don't feel like she was very critical. But I don't remember the bad things. So. Right. And I feel like. Since I got pregnant with Walker outside of marriage, that was kind of the last part of our relationship before she died. So there was a lot of feeling of disappointment from her. So I think that was the critical part that I think of. And it was kind of like the last thing. So it's the first thing to come to mind. But also, when we were growing up, I feel like she was very loving in words. She said, I love you all the time. So we never, ever doubted it. And she was loving in actions 
some notes that I pulled from like other podcasts, birthdays were always really special and she always made sure to make sure that they were special. She always knew exactly what we wanted, even if it was a food or a drink, like if it was our favorite thing and that's what she would get for us. And that was just appreciated because she was paying attention. Like Livy said, she was invested in us. She knew everything that we liked and didn't like. She was also very stubborn and she showed that in many different ways in her beliefs Daddy was hardworking, like they both said. He also would love through actions and activities. So, like, we always went camping. That was big. And I feel like that was something that he he showed us love through, like, would take us on trips and do things as a family because he always worked all the time. So the, the time that we got to do that was him loving on us, getting to spend time with each other. Those were the best memories that we yeah. probably had was camping right. with him. And spending time with the both of them, really. I mean, I think they both thoroughly enjoyed doing that with us and taking us on those trips. Yeah, as much as trip itself probably wasn't the most fun in the <laughs> car with all four of us and two dogs. But. Oh, my word, it was annoying. <laughs> and he also showed love to us through things that he did for us, like why heck was big for you guys. And when I was still at home, we did 4-H and like just making sure that we had everything we needed in order to do those things. Well, he stepped up and, and coached and took all those other kids and made sure we were there five days a week when we were doing it that heavy. Right. He Why coached heck? us for softball, too. Yeah. So. And he would, when you were in college and you were shooting mm. archery, he was there. Yeah, came to a lot of my meets. Yeah. Is there a, a certain smell, food, sound, etc., that makes you guys think of your mom? And I guess Vandela asked this in the Facebook question, so we'll just include that now. For one of her yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, so for me, <clears throat> it's chocolate. She loved chocolate, which apparently is a big Rogers thing because Uncle Richard talked about how much he really likes chocolate too. Yeah. Non Perels. I had those in my desk drawer at work for years because I loved them and it just reminded me of her because she loved them. A dinner that she really liked to make was cheddar cheese soup. Oh, that's not what you were going to no, say. No, I've got one though. <laughs> And my husband loved it. So I enjoy making that um, for him and for our family because it makes me feel like I'm taking care of my family, how mommy took care of us. She loved to cook and bake. So that is something that really keeps me connected to her, I'd say. I remember macaroni and cheese was her favorite thing. And actually reading her letters that she had written to daddy. Anytime she made supper, it was macaroni and cheese. And in her words, you know it's going to be good because I made it. <laughs> and I can't make it like she did. No, I don't. Do we know where the actual recipe is? Yeah, I gave it to you. But it's not the same. She probably didn't even use the recipe. Well, that's, that's, yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't think she used recipes for anything. She probably followed the recipe the first time and then was like, oh, I know how to make this better. And then that's cool. she didn't want anybody did her else to get, her, get their hands well, on I, that. I thought that that was... <laughs> right. A relative of hers mac and cheese recipe, but maybe not. Well, she's probably been making it since she lived in honesty. It was probably in a taste of home magazine because that's what she had. Were yeah. all those taste of home magazines? Well, those were more for pulled. inspiration. Well, right, right. Because <laughs> she didn't read. So nobody's ever gonna have the macaroni no. and cheese recipe no. because no. But I can't even make it creamy. It's oh. just something you that I. A better rule. I need to let it go. I guess. <laughs> um, mac and cheese was me for the food for me, and. Laundry on the line when you smell laundry after it's been outside, air drying. That is 
the one thing that brings me right back to summer times and doing laundry for her. And she must have shown me how. And then after like the first couple times, that was my job to do laundry. And I really love it. And I actually still love doing it. And anytime I can hang it outside, I do. Her watching TV, she would watch MASH. And she would have a TV in her bedroom. And there'd be one out in the living room. And I don't know if when it became that you could watch different things on two different in two different rooms like anyone now thinks that's not a big thing but because oh, we had, <laughs> we used we to have to watch boxes. the same thing yeah right on both in TVs. her room and in the living room and once we changed that bought two boxes i guess yeah. um she would watch whatever she wanted wouldn't be watching whatever we wanted but anything she watched in there she'd be laughing and we wouldn't be watching the same thing so we wouldn't know what was so funny but I remember her watching MASH and then her laugh, and it was so loud, and it was contagious. Um, Vendela, I think, said she remembered Mom's laugh. Uh, whenever I listen to music, the Dixie Chicks, I don't remember how many CDs we had of them. Three. And uh, that's what she would listen to while she was cleaning or cooking on Saturdays, I remember. And she would belt that out, and i do the same thing. That's pretty much it. But listening to certain songs brings memories back. And she knew that I loved music. So she'd be like, hey, Olivia, I heard this song today and thought of you. And then we'd sing it together or laugh about it. And uh, doing laundry will always be my favorite thing because that's one of the things that she taught me how to do. And she passed it down to me. And I don't really have any specific sounds. But music and things, I don't, I know there was always music being played. Of course, we had a 99 CD holder yeah, up above the, the TV with best. speakers. And we had A, B, C, and input, one in the bedroom, one in the bathroom, one in the living room. Yeah. yeah. So we had an intercom in the bathroom. And when you took a shower, you'd put your CD in and select B and then hop in there. And you got to listen to music before now. I mean, now you can do whatever you want. But specific meals, though, definitely the soup, I remember being a big thing, I guess, that she liked to make. But what really resonated with me and just the time that we would spend was the good ham dinner when we got it. Mm, yeah. Because it always ended with monkey bread. Oh, yes. But not the traditional monkey bread, cinnamon, everything like that. It is just the caramel. There's no, never had any cinnamon in it. That's the only I way I like so. it. Yeah. But that, I mean, you were fighting over trying to get every last bit of that. And it was never hot enough when it came out. Oh, my word. Never um, hot enough. You burned your whole mouth off. <laughs> I can't think of any smells, but monkey bread. It smells. That's, bread, that's yeah. the one. That's why I kind of roped it all. In the, maybe the sound too. I guess of oh, that being it? pulled apart. Yeah. But Didn't know there was a sound. But... <laughs> I, that's that's one meal that that now when we have it that that has to be how it ends. You have to have the monkey bread made it's and get to sit dinner. down and eat it. And then when mom would make the homemade pizza dough. Which was a really quick recipe. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the one we have. But when you got pizza, it was special because there was four or five of them being baked. And it usually meant that it was a Friday night or something mm-hmm. yeah. towards the end of the week. So I've I've been doing a Friday or a Saturday where we get to do something like that. And then we all get to sit on the couch and watch TV while we eat because that's not something that we do very often. Right. So I like to use that time to connect in that way. Uh, What are a couple things you wish everyone knew about her? Olivia, we'll start with you. I don't think that 
she had any secrets from anybody. I think she lived with her life on her sleeve. Is that the term? Heart um, on your sleeve. Something like that. Right. Right on her sleeve. Your heart is on your sleeve. <laughs> but anyways, she was very honest with everybody and wasn't embarrassed about sharing her struggles. And that was just another way of her to instill confidence in us, like teaching us no, none of your problems are big enough that you can't share with anybody. And there's always going to be someone to listen. So why not just share? Yeah. I kind of took this question as a something that I had that she had done for me that I just wanted to share as far as what I want to have everybody know. When I went to look for a job, I don't even remember how it came down to, but I don't think Columbia Crossroads Equipment was hiring, but we went down there and walked in the door anyways. And she helped me go in, sit down in the office, ask if they were hiring. And I believe they said no, but what would you like to do? And she kind of walked me through the whole process of explaining what it is that I wanted to do, which was be a mechanic at that point and gave me the confidence and made sure that I knew that she was supporting in that way and, and to get through the whole thing. And then once I got the job every day that I had come home, did not matter where she was in the house, but generally she was in the kitchen. She would always ask how it went, what was work like, what'd you do? And that went all the way up through, um, of course, until she passed away because I was still living at home. So that was something that I shared. Every day you come home, see her in the kitchen or see her somewhere, go give her a hug quick. And then she would sit there for 10 to 15 minutes and ask you about the day and what everything went on and check in with you. My favorite hugs were hugs in the kitchen. Yeah. That was where everybody got good hugs. <clears throat> like that's one of my best memories of mom and dad was when... Whenever, Whenever he got home. Dad would get home. She would always be in the kitchen because it's pretty much where she lived. And it's pretty much where I live. So that's <coughs> where I get that from. But dad would always come in, give her a hug. And, you know, we could visibly see that. And I don't know what words were shared. Probably maybe how was your day. Because they whispered. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was just one thing that always sticks in my mind that you never really doubted their love for each other either because they were mommy always got a hug in the kitchen you have to think like they couldn't be super in love every single day but every single day they hugged each other right it was just a habit that maybe mom wanted that or maybe dad needed that or i don't know it's just something that they always did well do you make that a habit now because i, I beg for it oh goodness no we're no no we I, I make make sure before i leave them and when we get back home that was something we agreed on has to happen I, awesome. I think that comes from every day sure. coming home from Viewing work. It, yeah. Her waiting yeah. for you in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I feel like as women, like for me and Livy, like we, it was a, a dad to mom thing. Like it wasn't. So we were expecting them to do it. Right. And that's just not realistic. Always, and that's not fair. I'm sure that she, she drug him into making sure that happened every Possibly. day. Possibly. Right. I, I right. see it being that way. If she, yeah, right. Which I don't think anybody would complain in that situation about. Giving having a to, hug? Having to hug every day well, after work. Right. Mm, come Except talk to my husband. For... <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's doing better. I told him, this is what I need from you every single day. Five seconds. He's getting better. I think that was something that we, we didn't really see, but we see now as the communication that they would have in front of us all the time as far as what we need to do in our own marriages and with our own spouses was they made sure it was important that we all knew what was going on as a family. Right. To an extent, I would say. There's a lot of things that we probably didn't hear because they didn't feel like we needed to, but... Well, there's still stuff that I'm sure you do with your own... 
Right, because kids don't need to be exposed to everything. No. But you're right. Like, they always, they did talk about things and we were always kind of involved with. Gosh, where was I for this? At the dinner table. Ignoring Probably it. eating, yes. That's, right. That's what. It's <laughs> not what I meant. But oh. That's when we did most of our talking. I probably was eating. Yeah. Couldn't Staring out the window. The chewing. In the dark, watching your reflection. Yes, looking at myself. Making faces at each other. <laughs> So what are some stories that you guys remember, if you have any, um, that your mom told you about her life growing up? So the, the one thing that um, sticks out in my mind is she made it very clear to us and known that she had to sleep with grandma after Pop Pop died. And she hated it. <laughs> she absolutely mm-hmm. hated it, which we also learned from Aunt Lisa's because there was a point where she just said that she couldn't do it anymore. And then Aunt Lisa took over. Right. For her. Yeah, but only and, for a day or two. Right. But then I think Lisa said at that point, like, she just stopped. So Grandma just didn't ask anybody anymore. Like, that that had been fulfilled for her. And so I have to say, like, when we first first started listening to all these um, podcasts, especially at Kathy's, like, she just, she just doted over Grandma. And I was like, man, I feel really bad because we don't have those kinds of warm feelings about grandma peg because mommy didn't really like her and she made that clear to us that you know she didn't like her mom and she never wanted to be like her mom and after listening to some of these podcasts i find it funny because mommy was a lot like grandma in a lot of ways there's a lot of things that you can't help right and um i just found that so interesting like and the one thing that sticks out like so um they kathy said grandma volunteered all the time which mommy didn't really necessarily do that i think she did in what we were involved in which i guess is no different than what i was about to say about me like i'm involved in what my kids do and volunteer for those things so like for shooting she would always be the cook yeah, yeah. When we ran archery she ran because right. nobody she, would run the kitchen right so. she would do the kitchen so she was involved in the things that we did so she was very active she, just like it she volunteered for a lot of things too though as far as and you did the star program with her every summer. Oh, Camp Star. Yeah. And then we did recycling every month. Right. Drag yeah. down there yeah. to do that. So that but she was a- also in charge of 4-H. That's why we did that. Yeah. The recycling. Yeah. And then the only other thing about her growing up, I guess, was she talked about Kim a lot because they were so close in age and how close they were. I don't feel like she really talked a whole lot about her siblings. Maybe about Richard and James because they were close in age. Um, in her letters, she wrote about Uncle James a lot and Aunt Jean and Lisa and Richard. Not very nice things about Uncle James, but <laughs> he was the next oldest and just the big brother, you know, that always picks on the younger sister. But Right. And I will say, not that I'm going to speak for him, but he has admitted that he regrets a lot of that from growing up, so. Yeah, that was in his podcast, too. So. Yeah. I feel like Uncle Richard hit it right on the like the nail on the head, though. You know, growing up in that order, like she would be the one that got the brunt of it because she was the baby. And I think that we could say the same thing about Adriana. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. <laughs> was not Sorry. included in as many things as she probably could have been. Right. And I mean, she was just the last one. So in her defense, she was content with playing by herself or occupying herself. I don't feel like she would would hold a grudge over us for being involved in more things. But she, when I remember her sitting at the 
dinner table and playing with the salt shakers. Like, just making up her own game while we're off doing whatever else. Like, that was how she occupied her time and she wasn't sad about not being involved in things. But No, and the, the age gap is a little larger between me and her. Closest between me and you and then even with... Right. And as you're growing up, the more stuff you're getting into, the more common interest you'll have and stuff. So she yeah. definitely was catching up. Right. She was... There wasn't a whole lot that she did with us because she was so much younger. Yeah. And wasn't interested in shooting sports, which is all we did. Right. right. We weren't really doing any other... Other than soccer and stuff that soccer. we had done. We yeah. did that quite a lot. Yeah, but. she liked that. She yeah. played that. Yeah. Yeah. Taze was, is great. Still is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think traditions are a big thing in the Rogers family. Everybody's kind of had something to say about a tradition that they've carried on. Did your mom have a favorite tradition that she carried on with you guys? So one of the only ones that that stands out to me is decorating the tree on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. And then everybody would get a new ornament and some PJs. Um, And I always thought that the the Christmas Eve thing was just her thing. But it sounds like that it was because their dad wasn't was always working. So that was the day they got. Um, And that's actually a tradition that my wife has helped us do. Of course, we can't leave the Christmas tree bare from when it goes up all the way until Christmas. So we have two trees. Mm-hmm. One that gets the generic ornaments that have their own design, and then the rest is all of the ornaments that are that my kids will get and that I've collected over the years that we do um, decorate on Christmas Eve. And the Christmas Eve appetizers, which was talked about in a previous podcast as, as well, is something that we always did. And I, and I think the last one of the last podcasts I listened to was it was explained as a her pulling away from the big Christmas Eve party because we weren't going to spend as much time with the family and everybody. So that was more difficult for her to go home and choose to spend time with us and, and not drag everybody up there. So we grew up as it just being our thing. That's what we did. We right, got to clear off it, the bar. That made it more intimate for our family. Like mm-hmm. she made that sacrifice to separate from her siblings, but that made it more special for us, mm-hmm. I think. Because I can remember going to Aunt Lisa's. Can you guys remember going to Aunt Lisa's for Christmas Eve? Is I remember one time. The lining up on the staircase? Is when that... we were older, I remember going to Aunt Lisa's. But... Right, because we didn't always stay home. Like I feel like it was old when we had gotten a little bit older. Could have been before Adriana, too. I don't remember the time frame, but I can remember going to one Christmas Eve at Aunt Lisa's at the house here in Kent or in Troy. Oh, I don't remember that. So I don't know how old I would have been at that time. No, but that's that's one that I try to carry through. I mean, we've done it a few times, but now we've turned it into where Livy, Allison, Alyssa, our stepsister, and all of us bring our kids together. And then what we've done in the past is just everybody gets everybody a gift. But because there's so many nieces and nephews now, we decided to pull a name out of a hat and make that a little easier for everybody. So everybody gets something and... Um, we're not buying seven gifts all at once, um, but we do the appetizers and, and it's a good time to hang out with everybody just a couple of weeks before Christmas and make sure it can happen. And it's kind of nice for the person that gets their name drawn. They get better presents because right. they have one person buying for them as opposed to yeah. everybody's getting one. You know? yep. Yeah, yeah and it it's definitely makes it more personable and yeah. you can ask the parent, hey, well, what are they into right now? So it's not a wasted right. item because we, we definitely have loads and loads of toys that we don't need. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen to that. I'm going to piggyback off of Wyatt, but any any tradition that was important to her was any celebration she would make special. Like Easter, we would always have our own dozen of eggs to 
color and we would do that every year and we would have um everybody's birthday they picked out their dinner that they wanted and they picked out the cake that they wanted and like every year you knew what was going to happen because she went all out and made it special so we knew on our birthdays like we knew how special we were because of all the time that she put in or all of the i want to say emotion that she put into the investment the investment right so like traditions not not like everyone else's traditions but like the things that she did that we knew that we could expect every holiday or birthday or whatever else like I think some of those things did stem from her family because, like, thinking about some things I wrote, we're starting to write down as I was listening to podcasts, like, birthdays were special for Grandma Peg, too. I think some of the siblings said that they got to pick their own dinner and their own cake, and Mom made a point to do that for each of us. And to continue on about Christmas Eve, the tree didn't go up till Christmas Eve. Daddy had to put white lights on it. I'm not sure that we always had to have that happen, though, because Daddy was sometimes working or not around, whatever. But there were always white lights, and I think that was a pop-pop thing. Mm. And then we didn't decorate the tree till Christmas. Now, I do not keep that up because I have to have Christmas all month long. <laughs> so I don't wait for that like I still Libby do that. does. Yeah. <laughs> or even why well, it does. It's a compromise now. We got two trees. So. Right. Right. And then the hors d'oeuvres on Christmas Eve was always a big deal. We always, mom would always let us pick at least one thing or two things, and then she would make that. So we each got to have a choice. But Livy was right about all the holidays were a big deal. And something I, I don't know if it, this was brought up in another podcast or if any of the siblings talked about it, but it seemed like whenever we did eggs, we always had extras, meaning like, family friends oh yeah extra people there. doing eggs with us yeah yeah it seemed like every year for multiple years in a row it was somebody different that was just at the house doing eggs with us mm-hmm. yeah there was eight to nine dozen so a lot of pickled <clears throat> eggs a lot of deviled eggs a lot of egg salads yes and always one egg gets hidden in a shoe and gets forgotten about yes <laughs> and reeks a couple weeks later so why you had already mentioned a little bit about you know, you watching your mom and dad growing up hugging every day and how you had taken that into your marriage kind of along the same lines. Is there anything that your mom and dad did in their parenting style that you, you know, carry on into your own for all of you? Well, I think one of the biggest things is the the leading by example from, from dad's perspective. I would say that the way that he teaches is the way that he does every day at work too is you kind of have to sort some of that stuff out on your own so it's important to be there with them while they're getting through it but there's also important times to to challenge yourself and work through and problem solve in order to gain those skills and things that you need so with i mean even at the the age that my daughter is there's a lot of things now that she can you can you can sort it out on your own you can work through it we're here to help you but a lot of the stuff you're going to have to kind of do on your own you'll never know i wrote down Let's see. For mom, there was kind of a joking thing that we would do with all of our friends. I know she babysat a lot of our friends, depending on who they were. Mm -hmm. But when they were at their house, the the expectation was that they would follow the same rules that we followed. It did not matter who you were. The discipline was the same. So that's that's, I kind of like to help explain that still at a young age. It's not like she's going over to people's houses to sleep over. But when they get older, you're at somebody else's house. It's their rules. It's their expectations. You will 
be expected to follow them. She was the the meanest mom in the world, I believe. Was <laughs> who called Marissa? Yeah. So she carried that on and said, well, "I am the meanest mom in the world." And everybody knew that, but everybody knew it as a it's a it's in a loving way. It's in a in a, in a way that everybody respected, no matter who they were at our house. Yeah, so, she was proud of that title. And that was mm-hmm. the same wherever we went. I know that we were babysat quite a lot when you guys lived over by the Morgans and Aunt Sam. Aunt Sam. Yeah. In the trailer, we'd be babysat there, and it was the same deal. You you follow their expectations, and Aunt Sam's rules are all the same. I mean, it didn't matter whose house you were in. Aunt so. Sam's rule, number one rule, terrified me. You have to say, I love you before you leave, or you cannot come back. <laughs> do you guys remember? remember do you that remember one. that, Southern? I don't remember that one. Oh, my word. We would be at Aunt Stacy's house, and we would go over there to play with the girls or Calvin or something. And then I think it was written I, outside of the door written on the door i think she's the only one that remembers this <laughs> i think I somebody help me out it was a real thing no. i think you were pulled aside if you don't say i love shed. you you can't ever come back no i, I think you were pulled aside it's, at the pool shed and we're told this because nobody else was it's, probably it's calvin probably told certainly me. believable <laughs> i swear it was posted outside the door <laughs> you're imagining this I'll ask probably my mom to somebody get back to you on that. there was probably something on the door and i couldn't read it and That's one of the older ones were like this is what it says <laughs> oh what else today the wooden spoon. Do you remember the wooden spoon? Yes. The wooden spoon. The wooden spoon. That that was broken. Over you? Yes. Yeah. Because I thought all, it was a brush. Only yeah, because while we were camping, whatever brush. it was, it was withered down. She didn't hit me that hard, but she felt bad that she had hit me that hard. But it was just on its last leg, anyways. <laughs> Been but, used too many times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but didn't we have Probably to go me. get it? If if it was something that we needed, we hit. For whatever the the situation was, that. go get the wooden spoon. If it wasn't already in your hand, I believe we had to just like getting your old switch. But we'd right. have to do that too. Yeah, yeah. you had go to go to the get bathroom it yourself. and get your get the paddle. Get the yeah. paddle, oh, right? It was the man. paddle at Aunt Sam's house. It was in the bathroom, <laughs> hanging um, on the wall. So yeah. that's a thing because more than one person remembers it. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> well, he lived there, so <laughs> <laughs> soap in the mouth. When God. you say a bad or, word. For bad language. Yep. And then tape over the mouth if oh. if you said something mean to somebody else. Because the saying was, if you don't have anything nice to say, you're not going to say, say anything at all. at all. Yeah. And then we would go to our rooms if we had bunk beds at the time. Or we would all just sit there in silence for what felt like hours. But I'm sure it was more like five minutes, minutes ten yeah. minutes. And, and then you would slowly peel the tape and start to play and be real quiet about it. And then you weren't a problem the rest of the day. So... I, mean, that- I remember peeling the tape and putting it back on. Yeah. <laughs> I remember so many spankings didn't hurt anymore, so mom had to get dad's belt out. And I remember soap in the mouth. She started with a bar of... Lava soap. Lava soap. Yeah, because it was And underneath. that started to taste good. What? <laughs> so she used dish soap or liquid, liquid soap. soap. Anybody was, was wondering bad. who the troublemaker it was, was me. in the family? It was me, 100%. You didn't, you didn't she want still eats it soap. to this day. <laughs> lava soap. Occasionally I crave it. The, the lava soap would always have grease on it from when dad last right, used it. So right, why yeah, would you want to bite into it. that? Oh my gosh. It's funny though you talk about soap because um, <laughs> I just had to use it on Weston. It's probably been a couple months now. But um, I used liquid soap because I don't have hand soap. And he was like gagging because I probably used just a little bit too much. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Sometimes mom would, if we'd said something, whatever, she'd make us put it on the toothbrush and then brush mm. your teeth with oh. it. Oh. Well, that sounds better than... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if you can 
You probably can't share that too much nowadays, and somebody would be at your house. <laughs> See, that's what I, I was worried about when Weston was just like choking on. I was like, oh man, that was a little too much. <laughs> He's gonna go right to school and say, "I ate soap this Mom, weekend." He, <laughs> he would. <laughs> I got it for lying, though. I was a liar. Mm, yeah, I just the remember the, the bad language, but and probably anything that you know, I can't grab the wooden spoon fast enough. Here's the soap. Bite down on this real quick. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. And then your teeth had to eat. Oh, well, you had to take mm. it with you. Mm-hmm. You had to pull your teeth back without opening your mouth and get a little bit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just, which is probably why it tasted so good for you. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> One of those acquired tastes. Yeah. Too many times. <laughs> yeah. That, that's something that I'd, I'd like to, to take with me as far as explaining the importance of all those things and. And, and why it is that we need to be kind to others and why we need to share. And I, I believe that it was explained to us, not just action consequence. There was always a discussion so right. that we were on the same page as, as far as why it is we're dealing with a consequence. Because this, this is what you said. This is what it does to the other person. That's the other side of things I, I'm dealing with right now in my own job is, is kids don't have empathy anymore. And I, I believe a lot of it stems from the fact that we sit here and look at our phones and see what's going on in the world, but we don't get to see how that affects that person after the fact. You watch a kid get bullied and you hear a joke and you think it's funny, everybody's laughing, that the screen cuts off. You don't get to see that kid go home and be upset and all the other things that it does to him. So kids aren't actually developing the empathy that they probably should have. So we have to have those examples in our own homes or else they're not going to get it anywhere else. Right. I mean, that's the, my students do not care what they say to other kids and what the outcome is. It's, it's a difficult thing to start to try to explain to them and then get them on the same page. And they don't have the respect and they don't have all these other things. But the kids that I deal with are not the star students. They're the ones that don't have credits and don't have good homes. So we're making progress with little steps. Why don't you tell everyone where you work? We never said that. Yeah, we didn't cover that in there. Yeah, you guys didn't go over like we what didn't. you did. You just... <laughs> So we can, we can do that now. Well, that that's was, not important. That's Allison's fault because she started and she didn't say Pinterest. Correct. So. We were just following you but number I, one. Oh I've been teaching God. up at GST BOCES for five years in December, or this December. So. And that's where Dad works too. Yep. We're in the same building, two doors down. I eat lunch. Well, I don't eat lunch with him anymore because we're in the cool club. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like to eat lunch with Johnny. So. Where is that? Is that in Horseheads? Yeah. Horseheads? Yeah, we're up, right yeah, right up on, on Philo Road. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 12 buildings. It's like Votech, but for just the New York State. So vocational school. I work at the um, high school cafeteria. I'm a lunch lady, just like Aunt Jean was. Um, I just, I have multiple jobs over the years, and I just, I'm following the kids around. And I'm content with that. So I work at um, Penn Troy. I've been there for, oh, eight years now. That's where Pop Pop worked at one point in time. It's not the same as it was way back then. Uncle John, too. I remember him saying that he was running a machine. Not for very long, I don't think. No, Uncle John right. didn't do for very long, no. But um, it's not the same as it was back then, I'm sure. But I work in sales. I work in the office. Downstairs, I'm the inside sales manager. Let me just tell you, she is excellent at her oh, job. Geez, here we go. No, for real life. <laughs> well, she couldn't have been doing it for eight years if she was bad at it. Well, she is invested. I mean, anything that she does... She does to the nines. Excellent. Puts herself in all the way. And she becomes an expert like that. Didn't you just have to pay out of your own pocket for an order to be on time? That was for her husband. Oh. That was personal. Well, that's that's important too. <laughs> the post office. 
Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no. <laughs> Didn't we go and steal a brick? Not steal, sorry. When they demolished the tower, the original, that said Pentroy going up. The smokestack. Yeah, they took that We down. tried to go up and find one with a... Did we find one with a part of the letter to bring back to mom? Because she asked us about She that. had yeah, two bricks. She had a yellow one and a black one. I don't know. They tore that down because it was a safety hazard at the time. I didn't work there at the time that they did that. But I can remember mom wanted a brick from that because that's where Pop Pop worked. Yeah. It wasn't being used at, at that point, obviously, if they got rid of it. No, the foundry. So there used to be a foundry there, and it's been shut down for many, many, many years. You guys just got done with a really big remodel, didn't you? We They redid the windows, and they just painted the whole outside. Now they're working on completely redoing the roof because it leaks. I mean, this building is so stinking old. <laughs> no, go Richard's going to paint the inside. Supposed to, yeah. And probably Selden. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want us to paint the outside? It's already done. Ooh. Well, yeah, but <laughs> that was somebody oh, did it, right? Ah, oh, man, that was years ago too. I don't even know. I don't know. I that feel was... like we asked Uncle Richard, and he might have said no. I don't know. I've been too far to... a drive. <laughs> I don't know where he was too at the time that we did it, though. Yeah, because you guys, I don't think he was in Troy yet. Right, the sure. inside's a lot smaller than the outside, ain't it? Yeah. So to go back to the question, our discipline meeting our consequences whatever that's the same thing isn't it yeah yeah always being an, an equivalent <clears throat> consequence for your action so a story example um i don't remember how old we were we were outside sledding or playing in the snow something we were sliding on the ice that we were told not to slide on from the day before from were the we? pond down to the clothesline is that real it's very vivid in my mind. Mm, it's not in mind. <laughs> Anyways, we were sliding on the ice. Me and Wyatt and Adriana might have been out yep, there. She was too. out there. Yeah. Just on her feet sliding down. And I'll, Wyatt, I'm going to call you Oliver. Wyatt fell. I didn't watch him. Maybe I did. I blocked it out. I don't know. He fell and hurt his ankle, foot, something, leg, whatever. I was like, stop being a baby. I'm going upstairs. You're not fun to play with anymore because you're crying. <laughs> So I went upstairs. Mom was watching TV in her room. So I just went in and laid on her bed and we were watching TV. And then a couple of minutes go by and she's like, where's your brother and sister? Oh, Wyatt's outside crying because he hurt his leg or something, whatever. So she's like, well, is he okay? He's not inside. What's going on? So we went outside and he was sitting on dad's mom lives on the first level. And then we lived on the second level. So he was sitting on grandma's steps. Crawled all the way to Grandma's steps because well, uh, he couldn't walk. Hobbled, yeah. Whatever he did. Um, and turns out he had, Mom thought he had broken his ankle or something. So I made it <clears throat> into the house, down the hallway, past Dad, to the bedroom, which Allison... Oh, you I, crawled to the bedroom. Well, I yeah. I believe Allison was in there too watching whatever Mom was watching. Well, probably, I don't remember. Because there was an audible reaction from you when I pulled my sock off and my ankle it was, was swollen. twice as big yeah. as it was a minute ago. So... Believe mom said, We're going to the ER. And Olivia, you are going with yeah, us. Yeah, I had to come with him. Because you left him out there. <laughs> that was my punishment. <laughs> but he likes to tell that story. He was just being a baby. I mean, right. it I wasn't even broken. I didn't, I didn't fracture my growth plate at all <laughs> and have to wear a cast all the way up to my pocket. Right. So, mom was a yeller, which Aunt um, Jean talked about a little yeah. bit. And I do the same thing. I'm unlearn. thankful that that can be unlearned, Aunt Jean. I need to yeah, me unlearn too. it. Definitely need to unlearn doing that. Um, but in retrospect to that, um, 
she was big on hugs and I love yous. I think I already said that already. Like there was never any question that she loved you because she was telling you it all the time. Dad was always working. So we spent a lot of summers on various jobs with him. And like Wyatt said, like you kind of had to, you were given a tool or asked for a tool and you kind of just had to figure it out if you didn't know what you were doing. He would give you little guidance and be like, okay, here you go. <laughs> figure it out. Um, do I do that with my kids? Um, probably no. not because I'm a control freak. So the yelling part, you, you do. <laughs> no, no, no. The passing. Th- <laughs> oh, right. the yes. yes, I'm a yeller, but like teaching my kids how to do things. No, I feel like I'm getting better about it because um, they like to spend time in the kitchen with me. So that's fun. Well, do you constantly asking me, can I help you? Do you do what you said that mom had done was always showed us and said, I love you and hugs and all those things. No, do you she constantly push. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Just because you don't like hugs doesn't mean that I don't. I tell my kids I love them all the time. I'm not a big hugger, though. Right. To my kids. I I, I like receiving the hugs, I guess. I'm just not a big yeah. giver of them. I think we've done it so much we don't have a choice. That's just part of Iva's routine. Oh, sure. No matter where we go. And it and it's anybody that comes over and, and has a good time, she's going to hug you before you leave. Right. Whether you're comfortable about it or not. Right. I feel like Weston <clears throat> is outwardly affectionate like that especially right now like every two seconds he's running up to me and giving me a kiss like on my legs because that's where his head lands because <laughs> he's that short but he is much like that walker is not much affectionate at all and i don't i've not instilled that in him i guess because i'm not a big hugger myself i don't see him ever really wanting to be he's a lot like Lovey. 100 percent. yeah strange and awkward thank you Yes. He doesn't like hooks. Uh, moving on to a little bit of, you know, your kind of older years, growing up years on the Blueberry Farm. Uh, can you just give like a brief summary of how that started, uh, whether it was your grandparents, or your parents, and then uh, as it grew? And then also, did you guys even like doing it? Or And then maybe share a few stories about uh, working on the farm. So it was grandma and grandpa who started it uh dad's parents so grandma grew up on a farm in canton outside of canton and their cousins had the land in apple orchard so it would make sense that grandma would want to grow apples but they tested the soil and something about the acidity it wasn't good for apples but it was good for blueberries and raspberries and blackberries or something because yeah. we did have all three in the beginning or they planted all three bushes but during that time mom and dad were dating so mom would come up and help plant the blueberry bushes and then eventually dad went to was sent off to college to learn about horticulture and yeah, yeah for a uh, four-year degree in horticulture, horticulture. right the- so he could learn more and help the business grow and then in the later years, mom kind of took over the, I want to say the hospitality part end of it. And grandma was more of the bookkeeping supplies and all that. And dad was in charge of like all the farm equipment and making sure that everything ran and we had orders to fill and blueberries picked and all that stuff. So um, we did hire some kids, I guess high schoolers older high schoolers to come pick eventually. And we had uh, wineries that we would fill orders for. And then Wegmans, I remember, in 
Yeah, that was something that Elmira started. Yeah. Yeah, they were looking for local produce for a while, but then I believe the produce manager changed and they didn't want to pay for it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And the winery stopped because um, the first four years, I want to say, probably not right, but the first um, set couple of years, they have to have fresh berries to make wine out of and then after they reach that certain point then they can start using juice so they don't need the berries berry yeah yeah that's so fresh like produce. i can remember some of the first orders we had were like 1500 pounds 500 mm-hmm. pounds and that was enough to get them started and then after that we didn't they didn't call because they didn't need the berries anymore they had enough juice from what we had provided to last them to make them for whatever they were looking for. And then, of course, if, you know, they make this wine and people don't like it, they clearly don't need any more. Right. But I think it's it was part of their stipulations to be a winery or something or a certain kind of winery. They had to have fresh berries, but after that, they didn't need to. After a certain amount of years, they didn't need to have fresh berries. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They could and they could juice. be have gotten their sources, getting their sources from elsewhere. I mean, we weren't the only blueberry farm in the area right. that could supply. Right. No, and we weren't definitely weren't the largest producing either. Right, right. We we could just help fill in their five hundred pounds they needed. Here right. And there. So a lot of the places that we filled orders for too, like alongside of Wegmans, were Woody's down, and then when Farmers used to be in Southport, and I think Grandma had a pretty good relationship with whoever owned Farmers at the time. We would take orders down they would sell it by the court fresh berries by the court and we would have to pack all of those yeah i gotta pick it first yeah which i know a lot of aunts and uncles had come and would help pick aunt sam was probably one of the best ones that we had yeah mom said if you pick a bucket for us you could take a bucket home yep and aunt sam did that a lot and actually a lot of people from her church would come and do that too Mm -hmm. yeah we had to start mrs robert would do that yeah outsourcing because we ran out of high school kids to pay five dollars a bucket right but we had a lot of those kids too and a lot of them that came back like um our fourth grade teacher mrs knapp her two daughters Lindsay and amanda yeah were some of our best workers and they would pick a ton and i can remember like they would pick their five like mom would do five buckets for twenty dollars or something yeah and they would either pick five or ten buckets and just, if they were done in half a day or however many hours and they would go home. And they were clean pickers. Yes. And mom loved that. So clean. a clean picker is someone who doesn't put the green berries or the pink leaves. berries or the leaves in the sticks because right. we would have to sort them. And- so we sit and hand sort with the bucket and put them into it. But if we're going to pick large, large amounts, we could use the packing line and that was always fun sitting there watching them all go by as fast as you can. Everybody poking and picking funds with would be dad's aunts, our great aunts on that side of the family, was the ones that were always up every summer. And Aunt Connie would always have a beer. <laughs> Peggy, when she would come up from Pittsburgh. The front of the packing line was the most fun because that's when you picked all the green ones. And then you didn't have to be guessing which ones to pick later on because you and had to pick the smushy ones or the... Until we could afford a tilt table and things got really crazy. Yeah, that was crazy thing moved it like that. i don't remember how fast it moves but it's just a table on its side so the flat soft ones will sit and the good ones will roll to the bottom yeah and it throws them all off the end then you only have to pick out the green ones and the pink ones on the front of the line yeah and i feel like just thinking about mommy and like the jobs that we had because it, i was hardly ever on the line picking berries you were in the you field were netting, picking. Were you? 
I was always like, I remember when we did Wegman's orders or even Woody's orders, like I was filling the courts and the flats and making sure that we had enough. And I feel like mom knew that like I was the most organized and would make sure that all the orders were filled and put away. Yeah. Yeah. In those places, like she knew that me sitting on the line was just not a great idea. Might be why I was on stick duty before the blower. (laughs) Yeah, probably I was uh, the green one because like that's that can't be messed up. Right? No, you got to be quick. You got to have quick hands. Yeah, but you know what a green berry is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the you adults don't have to were, guess. were definitely towards the end of the line picking and cleaning everybody yeah. else's stuff up. That's another smell that reminds oh. me. Um, the, the smell room? of, no, the smell of the rotten berries. Oh, yeah. That will forever stick in my mind. You've walked into a can reclaim site, right? That nice fermented smell of old alcohol and old mm-hmm. fruits and That's things. That's what it smelled like. So yep. the packing room smells like. And then the Clorox at the end or the bleach at the Ugh. end that we had to wipe the line down <laughs> with is a good smell. Yeah. Because you sat in that really tiny room with that flowing through for quite a while. Right. Oh, another smell. No windows to get it out. Get the no. ventilation. Not for mom, but for dad, for me, is sawdust because he's a carpentry teacher and we would go into his room oh, at the end of every year and clean it, vacuum everything out for him and sawdust anytime we're not allowed to do that anymore yeah unfortunately so one of my favorite um memories from the farm was just waking up in the morning and we had to be what we opened at 8 a.m right so at 7 30 you had to go downstairs you had to go to grandma's house you had we to pull were up the... way earlier than 7 30 okay, we were already, had to be at grandma's at 7 we already had the water filled and the ice in it by then yeah where were you all right whatever time it had to be okay you had to go down the field <laughs> putting the buckets out with the extra liners <laughs> putting the racks on it right you had to load up the igloos make sure there was water on the tables cups make sure the bus was filled with cups and tags and we'd have to ride around the fields and ask people do you have any extra bags what's your name let me put your name on your bag then we take them down to the garage and then they would come down if they were picking multiple bags and there was this one guy ron ron Ron, i think ron was his name ron b ron b B, would always pick 100 pounds every year minimum and he would just go home and freeze them yep how many buckets is that Right. Full bucket is about 10 to 12 pounds. So, so. you'd pick 10, 12 buckets. Oh, he'd, another he'd be thing, there all day. Another thing <laughs> that um, I remember the berry farm is whenever we were babies, grandma, maybe it was grandma's idea. White, we would yeah. have to be put in a bucket on the scale to see how much we weighed. Yeah, there was a white Hansel's Berry Farm shirt for an infant. It's at my house. And I don't know, we had probably shorts because it was summer, but. I was just a diaper in that shirt in right. the bucket. Oh, I was wearing like brown shorts, I think. Okay, specific, Sammy. But I think we've done that with we did that with Walker. We did. I think I almost think it was the last one because um, it wasn't long after Mom died that we just stopped. I think I think maybe we went two years. Yeah. Oh, we Dad tried an organic <clears throat> thing for a little while because the plants are got to be almost well 50 now plus they don't they don't right. last right. They don't much last longer than 45 than 50. 50 years yeah 50. if you take good care of them and there was probably a few years where we had the mexicans come up and prune and they weren't very well taken care of right yeah but, yeah it was just time for it to be done like we mom was such a huge part of the berry farm and making sure that everything ran smoothly like and it's it's funny because her and grandma loved each other dearly but, but they not also during blueberry season. <laughs> knew their differences and they just 
ran it together cohesively because they each knew what their job was and they didn't get in each other's ways. Every first day, <clears throat> grandma what would a... freak. pray. Well, freak oh. out, yes, but also pray <laughs> uh, before we opened to just yeah, pray be... over the season. And whenever before we went down, mom would be like, okay, now remember, grandma's going to be freaking out because it's the first day she's excited she's nervous just give her her space right. like this is what we can expect from her and know that we can give her a little grace on this and right each of you have your own jobs just go do them right and we meanwhile used to fight over parking duty that was the funnest it, it, as a kid i don't know you're only 10 12 years old but you get to tell somebody where to put their car and walk them all the way back with a little vest and a walkie-talkie on your belt yeah. I mean, it, it makes you feel really special. <laughs> you come up to the first person. This is a position that I always wanted. Come to the first person. Yeah, you want to follow that guy over there with the other <laughs> orange vest on, and he'll tell you right where to park. So then we'd be running in front of the park and be like doing the hand signals. Yep, right and, here. You want to come a little further and stop. You're good. And because you're a 10 year old kid with a vest, they don't care what you're doing. They'll go park three cars down over yeah, by the pool and be want. like, nah, uh, now I can't park any car over there. Right. And then the person who parked them would have to count how many people were in the car, go to the garage and get the buckets that were already made up with the bags and all that and take Sometimes them to the car and hand them out. we would like bombard them really quickly. They didn't even out of their car yet. And we got yeah, their we buckets to- ready. That's the field we're picking in right now. We got blue crap over there. Um, if you don't like the sour stuff, go pick the Northland over there on the bottom side. But there's not a lot of berries yep, left. These so watch ones are out. good for pies. These ones are good for. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely taught you a lot of. I mean, we were we were social with and put in those positions pretty early off. You just kind of had to deal with it. So, I I well, you so had a job really to do, and it was a family business. You, right? I don't think we right. ever really griped about it either. Like, I think it's something that we all kind of looked forward to. That was four weeks out of the year, max. I mean, maybe six weeks right. if we rotated. But yeah, all you did was play cards when it was slow, and you got to sit in the garage. And when a car came, everybody jumped up to do their job. <laughs> the cars here, or yeah. somebody coming down off the hill that wasn't on the bus, like checking them out and weighing all their bags. And yeah, yeah everybody was pretty gung ho and excited about doing it and being a part of it. That was when all of the family came up too. We yeah, we saw the ants. Look, our great aunts a lot, grandma's sisters. Do they come stay? A lot during that time, yeah. Aunt Connie would usually Aunt stay Connie a week, would, and but... Sandy would sometimes stay too. Sometimes they would go home during the week because Aunt Sandy had all these cats that she had to take care of. Oh, right. Yeah. And <laughs> Peggy would come up too. Even, even um, mom's side of the family, they would come up. I mean, we'd see Aunt Sam all the time picking. Yeah. Aunt Lisa would come get her blueberries for the fair. Yeah. And Kay and Carrie would come up and maybe stay. Yeah, they would pick for us a little bit. Aunt Jean would pick and bring Mrs. Kennedy and mm-hmm. Aunt Stacy came up too. Yeah, we supplied all the blueberries for the peach. Yeah, Aunt Lisa for the fair. The new covenant tent. Yeah. yeah. I remember coming up a few times and the bugs, you know, being bad. Yeah. And you'd have those things that you could wear, put in your mouth or whatever. Incense. Incense, Incense, right. (laughs) Well, my mom wouldn't let us use those because, oh, it might look like you're smoking a cigarette. Right. So she'd wear whatever on her hat. Dryer sheets. Dryer sheets. Right. Dryer sheets and different stuff. And it was like, mom, please, please, everybody else is doing this. Please let us. Please. I don't even think it even, I mean, I thought that was Did you know that it even worked? The you, incense? It was just cool yeah. to put in your mouth and have it. I think the incense you know? really did work. Nasty. Yeah, yeah they you don't, did taste you don't nasty. get to that part. You just and you did sometimes get burn marks because the ashes would just like fall off and if you weren't paying attention. But yeah. I, think that, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. You know, Grandma always had them in her house, in the closet, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Ready. yeah. <laughs> buy them by the stinking case. 
We didn't know if they worked or not. We just knew everybody else was wearing them. Was cool, yeah. <laughs> to so we figured maybe it does work. Right. Well, there was 12 or 6 belts hanging on the wall so you could because the thing yeah. was is not to, to pick in your big bucket. It's to pick in a little bucket and then dump it into the big bucket. That was only grandma. Well, it would seem like as kids, it's like, well, I, I filled a little bucket so fast, it's going to fill the bu- big bucket even faster. And then you dump it in the bu- big bucket and, and you got nothing. It's the bottom layer. It's not the, even. The right. slowest part of picking blueberries to me was the last like inch. Yeah. Yes. Inch and a half. <laughs> it's like, never it never gets mound. full. Yep. Uh, my favorite thing also was the rain showers. Mm. Oh, we would. Play it would so always much. pour at least once every blueberry season, and um, nobody would be coming, so we'd be bored. But we'd go out and we'd mom would let us run around in the rain, and we'd fill. There was a downspout right in front of the garage. We would fill the blueberry buckets full of water and then throw them at each other. Yeah. That was my favorite part. I remember that one storm. Yeah, that was really bad. It was just like pouring for. The longest time. It seemed like forever. It never stopped raining. Yeah, it's not like we checked the weather that day either to know if it was coming or not. Oh, I'm sure the adults did. We had no clue. <laughs> Before Olivia wants to read a couple of things that she has, Serena has a question that I think will go with this. Did Did you get sick of the blueberries after a while? We never liked them. So I think as a kid, we might have. As a baby, do you know what you're eating? I had a birthday cake with nothing but strawberries and blueberries on it. That it was the American flag. Well, that might—that yeah, was your first birthday. Because yeah, so probably, I don't know if I ate them then. Those are the only things that are red and blue, right? Yeah. None of you liked them. I not did. For you. I did. I will eat I them the, in a muffin or a, like a donut, but not a pie. I was the much. only one that would eat them right off the bush, and then I think that Walker did too when he was little, and he liked to eat them right off the bush. And but none of the other kids did. I don't even think Adriana did either. No, she, she didn't. For a little while, we liked the green ones, but... Because <laughs> they were sour, and it was like, if you eat one, I'll eat one. Right, then eventually they were like, nope, it's still a blueberry. Disgusting. I would have to, like, to answer a question, I would say that I probably did get sick of them at some point in time, and then I moved out, and I would ask Grandma if she had any in the freezer, because I wanted some, like, to bake with or something. Mm-hmm. But I miss them now, because we can't get them. Yeah, and I now a, my I kids... I eat some, like yeah, crazy. Yeah, the kids love them. Walker, Weston loves them, too. It would be so nice if we could just go and pick blueberries. Yeah. yeah. We gotta, we're going to plant some at the house and do a little... I don't get... I actually have a couple of plants right now, but they're, it's going to be a couple of years before they produce. But right. I'd like to do five of those and some raspberries or blackberries and mm-hmm. maybe a few trees, too. Mm. Farm at Wyatt's house. It seemed like once a year we would take... Uh, homeschool field trip with the church up and your grandma would drive that bus to whatever <laughs> field to go pick at oh the one time we we went and we're picking well th- there was little kids and adults and whatever anyway the little kids were eating them just i mean they were just putting them down and they must not have had breakfast they must have just been you know we're going blueberry picking in the morning so eat up right got back to the house the kid goes to the bathroom <laughs> I mean, there was nothing in that toilet except for blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> Just the skins from the blueberries. Disgusting, yep. but... It definitely does turn your poop well, black. Iva came back from her Nana's because she said, look, it's a whole weekend. She will not eat anything. The only thing she'll eat is blueberries. It's like, well... I cannot get it off of her butt. It is just blue. <laughs> it will not come off. Because that's all it was for two, three days after she got home. Just solid. It's almost, you know, jet black. It's like the skins are still yeah, in there. Yeah. Not good. But they're very good for you. Yeah. And Jennifer wrote a paper on. Was it in Jennifer? Somebody wrote a paper on 
the benefits. Yeah. Both benefits. It's supposed know. to be good for your brain. And we had that framed in the garage. <laughs> Nobody Was it Steffi? It. I don't know. It's not important. Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you want to jump in with the the Adriana's or Adriana's. Yeah. I, my so wife's Adriana, so I confuse the two. Is it now. two N's or one N? Uh, two. So Adriana's is two N's, too. Well, if you just, ask Adriana, our sister, she says Adriana. Yeah. But we always call her Adriana. I didn't know that. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to read her letter now and then also share uh, the thing that your mom wrote to Grandma Peg as well. Yeah. So um, I had asked Adriana to, well, I had asked all of the siblings, all of my siblings, to be on this podcast because I was super excited about it. And they were like, no thanks. <laughs> But I had asked Adriana as well, and she said no at first, but then I said, please at least just write something and I'll read it for you. So she wrote, one memory isn't enough to describe our mom. Ever since I could remember, she told me that all she wanted was to be a mother. She was also a grandmother. All she ever wanted for us was to be happy. Everything she did was for that. There were times where she should have done what she wanted However, she did what would make her children happy. She would answer all of my questions, help me understand everything. She knew my mind worked differently and did what she could to help. She was also supportive of my dreams and what I wanted to do. I'd tell her how I was going to travel the world. I'd say how I would go to Australia for her. The most important thing she gave me is how I would is how I want to help others and work with people with disabilities that's why adriana had wrote and i wanted to share um allison was talking about um all of mom's memories of grandma and how they were not the best but mom had written a letter to grandma and if you know mom you know that um if anything it was super important that she wanted to tell you she'd write it in a letter so this was her form of uh, communication that she felt most comfortable in. And um, she had written this letter, 5-18-2014, so I think that was right. No, it was a year, before, a year she before, she before she passed. Yeah. yeah. And she had, the reason she wrote in this letter, the reason she didn't have great feelings about Grandma, um, one of them was when Pop-Pop had passed away, uh, Grandma had asked her to sit in his chair at the table, sleep with her in her bed, and uh, just do odd jobs around the house that he had done, I guess. And uh, she felt like she was trying to replace Pop-Pop, and she had some hard feelings about that, obviously. But in this letter, she also said um, she's been thinking lately that she's grateful for Grandma's witness to her. She has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because of Grandma. And she wishes that Grandma were here for her to tell her that and thank her. And she ends it with, I'm not perfect, and I know no one is. Please forgive me. I do love you, Amy. So I think it's important that everyone knows that even if they didn't have a great relationship, uh, Mom tried to reconcile that before she passed and i think that's a great testament for all of us if we ever have any hard feelings about anybody i mean 
the best thing to do is forgive and ask for forgiveness. Right. She kind of did that with me too. Like I said before, <clears throat> I was, um, got pregnant with Walker when I was in college and it was just a huge devastation to our family for, you know, multiple reasons. And so we kind of didn't have a great relationship because of that. And then she was diagnosed with cancer the year after Walker was born. And it was hard on the both of us. And so I felt a little bit of resentment towards her because I didn't feel accepted, although I was in the wrong. But um, I believe she wrote me and John both a letter. And it might have even been around the same time. I'd have to look. I know exactly where the letter is. I'd have to see if it was time stamped. But she was doing the same thing with me, like trying to reconcile the relationship, knowing that she didn't have much longer um, and asking for forgiveness for that. Um, so it is a great testament to everybody that, you know, it's never too late to fix a relationship that you might feel is broken or needs just a little bit of help. And she wouldn't just, I mean, in the last couple of months that she was alive, she would meet with uh, family members instead of writing letters to reconcile relationships. I remember Uncle Mark and Malu coming over, and I don't know if it was the first time meeting Malu or if Mom wanted to talk to Uncle Mark about something. I wasn't there for that conversation, I don't think, but um, Uncle James and Aunt Sam came over too, and I do remember that conversation a little bit. Mom was upset at how Uncle James was handling the situation, and she just wanted to give him her advice and help him to see her perspective, I guess, and uh, why it was there. Yeah, I, I think she just wanted to get a lot of stuff out there and off her chest when she could in person. Yeah. Because like I, you said, she liked to write things down, but I don't think she wanted to write. Well, she probably couldn't write no, by that time. She was just no. living in that recliner. Um, Uncle Uncle Larry and Aunt Jean were over there a lot, too, praying over her for healing. And We did an olive oil. Ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Oil, I remember that. Were we each, Anointing with oil or healing each, oil? Yeah, or we something? each divulge us in together yeah. and then ask Ooh, for yes. forgiveness as a whole and, yeah. and bless. That was rough. Yeah. That was exciting times, huh? And it, you don't want to. Let's just learn about everybody's secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. Definitely cried. Yeah, that, it, it kind of all was. But living in the, the, the chair at the time, she couldn't sleep laying down so dad and i went up to raymore and flanagan to try to find a bed frame that would help lift the mattress so that she could sleep upright and i don't know what it ended up being but it just wasn't working out and she was sleeping in his recliner all the time so he said you know what i'll just go buy another they recliner mac yeah so he, that's mac why we went and bought the second recliner but she that's that's where it was for two to three weeks she would just sleep there and he would dad would sleep next to her because he of course didn't want to be in the bedroom by himself sleep together yeah so every morning he would get up to go either check the fire or get things around before work. And he would ask me to sit in the chair next to him while she was asleep. And he said, just listen to her breathing. And if she stops, call me. So for a couple of weeks leading up to that was, I mean, not to spend the time with her was what I wanted to do. But that was a difficult task to be right. Yeah. doing. Um, and I think, I don't, I don't remember the exact date, but she had pretty much come to terms with 
where it was headed and, and the treatment not doing its work and making the decision to come off of it. So we were going to Livy's church. She was in Checkerville. Berrytown, Westland. Berrytown. And um, the, the truck I had in high school there, she'd never ridden in it. And she said, go get the truck real quick and bring it around. We're going to take that to church. I said, I don't, we don't want to take that. I mean, it's not going to be comfortable. You're going to have to climb all the way up there. And she says, no, we're taking it because this will probably be the only time I ever ride in it. So you just you just kind of shrug that off as a, I didn't just hear that I don't want to hear that. Nope, but. you didn't say that. <laughs> no, but that was something she said to me. We went grocery shopping. She wanted to get Aunt Jean something for Mother's Day, maybe. She was talking about so this we have this joke with Grandma, Dad's mom, about all the stuff that we're gonna get when she dies. Yeah. And uh, I was telling somebody else, and they're like, why do you say that? I don't know. It's kind of just a, a normal thing. thing. It's she a, started it, like cleaning out her closets. Right, yeah. What's you this? Want this? Yours. Right, I probably started it because I was like, hey, can I have this yeah. when, when you, you die? die? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, mom was like, yeah, you can have that when I die. And I was like, mom, don't say that. I don't want it. Right. But I mean, she knew that it was going to happen. We just all were living in doubt, and she wasn't. She knew where she was going, and she was... Right, I think we all had a false sense of healing at the time. I know I certainly did. You know, when she said that she's putting in God's hand and that she's going to be healed, we're like, yay, she's going to be healed because God's going to keep her on this green earth with us. Right. And she's just going to get all better. And really, that's there's two sides to that coin. You know, you're either healed and you get to stay on earth or you're healed and you get to go to heaven. And she got the latter and she was certainly not afraid of that. No. At all. She, I guess, to kind of answer one of the questions that was asked, like, if there's one thing that you want people to know about your mom that they wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, I think everybody in our family, family knew of her faith. But that's the first thing that I share with people that don't know my mom is she was a faithful woman all the way to the end. And, I mean, as soon as she was diagnosed, she just wanted to leave it in God's hands. She didn't want treatment. She didn't want. Yeah. Anything. She said, God's going to take care of me, right. no matter what that meant at that time. That's just what she wanted. So for anybody that's listening that, you know, doesn't necessarily know our family or didn't know our mom, like, that was the kind of faith that she had, the unwavering faith of knowing no matter what, that she knew where she was going. Mm-hmm. I can remember the day that they called or that they decided that they... There wasn't anything more that they could do for her. I was driving home. I worked at Hilliers at the time and was living in Granville with uh, John and our son Walker. And um, I had just pulled on to 514. Dad called and I pulled over because we don't get service all the way down that road. And he said, you know, there's nothing more that we can do or there's no treatment left for your mom. There's, you know, it's, there's nothing left that they can do, I guess. And... I remember driving home, and for some reason, I don't think that I had Walker. John had him for some reason. And I went home, and I started cleaning my house, like, feverishly, like, just keeping myself occupied, busy mind, whatever, like, not even thinking about what I had just heard. And then John came home, and I just collapsed, told him everything that happened. And I'm not sure at what point in time it was before that, like, how long it was, that process was before she died but towards the end there was a day that we all spent 
at home, dad said like, was it know, Easter? Well, was the day that was our last family <clears throat> outing or family dinner. I can remember it was Easter. It was in April. And, um, I have pictures of Walker giving mom kisses. Mm. She came to the table for like two seconds. Yeah. And then she went back to her recliner because that's the only place she was really comfortable. So then we had that weekend. And then after that, dad said, you know, you kids need to spend a day up here. Mm-hmm. Just you kids. So I took a day off of work and it was a Tuesday and we spent all day up there. And mom pretty much stayed in her recliner and slept most of the day. And yeah. Aunt, Aunt Jean came up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me set your remember we, that. Dad didn't even really share. It was a little different at home. He didn't really share any of what his plans were. If he was talking to you about taking days off of work, he just, we got up and got ready for school. Dad says, I already called. You guys are staying home today. Your sisters are on their way mm. to come. We're all going to be here today. Right. But um, I believe the plan was for her to be on less morphine that day so that she could communicate and talk with us because every day before that, was it's there wasn't much. Right. Like you said, there wasn't much movement. And there wasn't. I mean, they had morphine, really. I don't really remember much of that day either. Like I can, I was telling Livy today, I remember sitting in front of her and just watching her sleep because that's all she did that day yeah very painful trips to the bathroom yeah, yeah. Olivia remembered that did you ever take her no because grandma was always dad's yeah. mom was always there being the nurse until hospice showed and then that was only must have been only a couple of days so oh. the nurse was there yeah before think... that but dad sent her home that day because people were coming oh yeah she wasn't i mean i think she started the morning that shift with us and then Aunt Jean was on her way and everybody else was coming so they she said no we're good we got help today but that was I, she's down here in troy i can't she yeah she, she walks lives. yeah we see her the all the time troy, yeah she lives in the is it blue house on the corner right next to the dollar general i'm pretty sure like yeah. is that john street that goes up by I don't right know by the school what street that goes up by the dollar general she lives right on the corner of that or it, if it's not that house it's the next one yeah and that she was, lives right there that was actually interesting because Every day to work or to school or on your way home, you'd see her walking. Mm-hmm. Her walking through the door, being the hospice nurse, it's like I I know you. Somehow. Right. She would walk the streets of Troy, and she, probably she wouldn't even remember us because she was only there a couple of days, I think. But I mean, well, you always remember her face. She's pretty right. used to that. I mean, that's what that. And right. right. She would know so to. many people here. Yeah. 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 And the, the goal is just to make it comfortable. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember that day is well, let me start with Easter. I remember. Going there Easter, and Damon would have been there, too, because we, we'd been married the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, we went home, and Damon's like, you know what? I mean, he is, he is, I don't know what to say, like the constant, the rock. Like, he, he has his head on straight, and I'm all over the place. Like, Lord, help me, please. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's the steady. And he's like, you know what? Your mom doesn't have very much longer you need to be up there all the time and i was like you're lying i mean look at her she's gonna bounce back right but she's just skin and bones obviously she can't but he's like no you need to spend time with her and i'm thankful that he i mean he was that steady and he understood that because heck if i was ready for that but he was so uh then we went back that tuesday and um i just remember (laughs) Lord help me, like I said before, me and Wyatt pushing each other in her wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. isn't happening, so we're just going to play around, right? No. And being so immature about the whole situation, like, if I went, could go back, I would never 
disrespect her by pu- pu- like pushing her out, playing with a wheelchair. Like, oh, my mom, this is so cool. It's okay, so cool that you have a wheelchair. In like real life, that is all she would have expected from you too. Right, honestly. right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I think that we would have changed because she wouldn't. I mean, that's exactly what she would have wanted. Right. Well, we, you were still in school on the diagnosis. We were leaving for yeah when Disney. she first told us and that was a difficult decision they made whether or not to tell us before we left or whether we yeah. didn't and so then i don't i mean zoom calls now are like the thing because of covid but by then there wasn't too many options for like skype was a thing so yeah. we were trying to figure out ways to be able to communicate every day while we were down there mm-hmm. and figuring out how to call home and stuff but yeah that was rough it was good that we both went yeah least. i'm glad that we both were yeah. we went down to uh disneyland the one in Florida. Disney World. Disney World. Uh, for, for band. Marching band. Yep. We got to perform right in the in the main parade. Yep. And then hang out for three, four days. And we had a lot of people there with us. The Morgans were with us. Yeah. We had a lot of family friends there, too. Yeah. Shelly went. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was Shelly Morgan. really helpful. Which is Aunt Sam's sister. And she <laughs> listens, so. Yes. Good. Shout out to you, Shelly. You're the bomb. <laughs> Um, that Tuesday, uh, Wyatt said, uh, painful bathroom trips. Me and Aunt Jean took mom to the bathroom. I don't know. Maybe it was a couple times. A couple times we took her? Yeah. Well, I only remember one time she, um, was trying to make a bowel movement and we had to, like, she was so weak. We had to lift her out of the wheelchair and put her on the toilet and then we had to hold her on the toilet or she would have fallen off and um she's struggling to go to the bathroom and i just start bawling because i couldn't fathom not being able to go to the bathroom right like it's such a natural thing that you don't even have to think about it. you don't have to i mean obviously there's muscles involved but whatever i'm going too much into the bathroom detail of it <laughs> But anyways, I'm bawling, and Aunt Jean is on the other side, and she's trying to whisper to me to not disturb mom or, like, upset her. But she's like, you know, this is very painful for her because she is very weak, and I'm just bawling, and I'm like, can you please just stop talking? I don't want to be in here anymore. And then she eventually went, and we had to put her back in the wheelchair, and I was like, nope. That's when it became real. Like, there's no coming back from this. No, but even after that day was over... Everything we just everything went back to normal. We just went went to bed and like tomorrow's gonna be the same thing. I'm gonna get up in the morning and sit with her in her chair. Yeah, but but we got I got up and got in the shower, got ready for school, and as soon as I come out, Dad was just at the door and he didn't say anything. And then a couple of seconds later was, "You've got a couple of minutes. Now's the time to go say goodbye." Mm. I've already called your sisters; they're on their way, but I don't know if they'll make it in time. And we didn't. And I have regrets about that. I don't know if I ever told you guys. Dad called me and I was still in bed. I don't remember what my work schedule was, if I took the day off or whatever. But he had called me and then I stayed in bed and I was like, oh, I've got time. I'm not going to go right away. I don't think you would have either way. Because I don't, when I went out there, I don't think that I got to say anything. I did, but I don't know if it was heard. At that point, it was, she was in the same state. You know, eyes are closed. I can't tell. Yeah. So I had driven to work and I had to report to work at seven o'clock and I don't think that dad called me because I can remember walking in to work. I clocked in and John Morgan, who was at my boss at the time, met me halfway down the aisle and said, hey, your dad just called. You need to go home. And I 
started crying, I think, because it was also my last week of work. Mm -hmm. I was just transitioning to go and start at Pentroy. And so on on top of my mom dying, (laughs) I was saying goodbye to these people that I worked with for a long time, which is also kind of emotional because you're changing, you know, making a big life change. So I turned around and went home and I think me and Livy pulled into the driveway about the same time. Yeah. Walked in the door. Dad met us at the door, literally. And hugged, just hugged us, us both, and we just all fell apart. I was fine until you came into the gun room. Me? I was fine until you came in there. Yeah. Me, personally. And then as soon as I saw you, I lost it. Yeah. But we have that effect on each other. I, I kind of <laughs> wish that the funeral home that was used that came that day to come and get her would Jim. have brought more help. Jim K. Wood. It was Because they couldn't get her down the stairs by themselves so dad and i had to take her down in the you got to pick her up put her in the bag and then close her up that's it right and then down the stairs the whole way so Um, aunt jennifer was home we talked about this today yeah Yeah, why was she there well i think dad she was planning to come up at some point anyways right well i don't don't, she must have been there during the week like she must have been there before wednesday i don't know this is dad's sister Sister. aunt jennifer uh she lived in florida then dad hugged us and whispered in our ears, she's already gone. So then we're bawling, holding dad. And then we walk past her into Wyatt's bedroom. Yeah, it was I Allison decided to this. make her own room because we, we were all need to get her own bedroom. So she turned a she turned tiny dad's closet into a bedroom. And then I took it. Dad's office into a bedroom. Yeah. And then it was Wyatt's. And Wyatt and Adriana were in there, yeah, we were already in, in there waiting. waiting for us with Aunt Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Okay. She I was in there. there. Yeah. Aunt Jennifer was in and there. And then. We just all hugged each other and bawled, and Aunt Jennifer said something about, you know, she's on a beach now, and right, whatever. And that must have been when she asked if we wanted to be around when they took her out of the house. The hospice lady well, we must have asked, or Aunt Jennifer no, did. No, correct. Well, I don't I know if I answered, but Adrian, I think, said no. So me and Adriana drove to the Dunkin' Donuts in Southport. Yeah, and you stayed. stayed. With Aunt Jennifer, yeah. yeah. And um, the funeral director? Jim K. Wood. Yeah. Told us that when they lifted mom's body, she might make a yeah, weird noise, was... but it and then it might sound like she's alive, but she's not alive. It's just air releasing her lungs or something. So he's like, "You got to be prepared for that." So we were standing in front of if anyone's ever been in our house. There's a like the living room and then a hallway, and right at the entrance of the hallway is the bathroom. So we were standing in front of the bathroom door in that little corner there. And Wyatt was behind me, and I was in front of him, and Aunt Jennifer was next to me, and that hospice lady was somewhere in the mix. And they lifted up Mom, and they, she made the noise. So I subconsciously started backing up, like, get me out of here right now. And Wyatt was behind me, so I couldn't go anywhere. So then they took her out, and the hospice lady, I, I mean, obviously I was crying. I don't think I was bawling yet, but then she turned me around to Wyatt so we could hold each other, and then I started bawling. Yep. And I'm thankful that she was there because, I mean, subconsciously, I'm walking away. Obviously, I don't know what's going on or what my brain is telling my body to do. So I'm glad that she could help move my body where it should have been, I guess. So, right In that moment, she knew. Right. So shout out to you if you're listening. <laughs> don't <laughs> even know be. your name. No. <laughs> Sorry. We should. I should know her name, and I should write I her. I want to say you. it's Karen, but I don't know. Card or something. I can't remember. I, I mean, we know where he li- where she, she lives, lives, right? Does she still live there, though? Grandma might know. Right. Yeah, she probably would have been with her during the that day. That was one thing her. about Grandma, too, is when 
like grandma did not move from the side of mommy's chair Absolutely. until she was out of the house. Like she was just glued to the side of the chair because she spent, that's where she spent a lot of her time because she, well, we, like they she said, was she was mom's, mom's nurse. Dad was still going to work and we still had to go to school. So yeah, Nobody grandma was home. Was spent a whole lot of time up there and she just was a huge part in that. I remember grandma would help her get dressed. And I don't remember if mom was trying to get herself dressed and didn't want grandma to help or something, but mom put her pants on backwards. <laughs> and they were laughing about this for like a good 10 minutes. Like mom could not believe that she put her pants on backwards, but obviously her brain wasn't working and whatever else. And they thought that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, I was not a big fan of seeing what happened after the radiation at first because they had to do 10 treatments to her brain right and she would fumble over words she would lose a train of thought and she got yeah. really frustrated yeah she hated that with anything because she just couldn't get the thought out you couldn't get what you wanted to say out and i, I can't imagine what i mean it's got to be similar to just getting older too all the frustrations of those things that start your memory starts going away or you can't say what you want to say or right well just made made you angry yeah, yeah but she was i mean she was with it until yeah. the last day very witty yeah. Doesn't like she knew what she as far as being critical of others, she didn't like anybody being critical of her grammar. Because I would get called out all the time for correcting her. Mm. Which then after she was diagnosed with head treatment, I did not call her out. <laughs> Don't even go because there. Because that would not be fair. <laughs> but I think I was called Captain Obvious quite a lot. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I do remember that now. And she said that you were a lot like Uncle James. Mm. And I was like Aunt Jean. I don't know who Allison was like. She's like Grandma Sharon. Yes. Dad's mom. Oh, yeah. That that might have been one That was somebody's that. question, wasn't it? Aunt Sam asked, who's most like... Who do you, who do you all take after? Bill or Amy. Is Bill or Amy? And then examples, please. Well, Allison does not take after either. She takes after Grandma Sharon. Oh, that is Which not... Which would only... eventually stem down to Dad, but... Right. Skip I a generation that, there. Right. I think that Dad and I are a lot alike yes, in the ways similar. that we talk and do things and think like the way that we think for sure black and white and you're very self-critical very hard on yeah. yourselves that was in one of mom's letters so i asked dad about any letters that mom had written because that was her famous thing to do you know and um he gave me this shoe box and then he gave me this bigger cardboard box and I had gotten halfway through the shoebox, expecting to read every letter before coming on this podcast. And then I finally opened the cardboard box, and there's three more shoeboxes full of handwritten letters. <laughs> and um, obviously, I'm not going to get through all those, but... So who do you take after? I think I'm the most like mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you for agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> We're very, I mean, both very emotional Thinking with emotions instead of a clear, steady, like Allison and Dad. Very loving, very invested. I would think that my wife would say I'm more like Dad with no emotion for anything. I that's think that's super a exciting. Lie. That's yeah, a big too. fat lie. Mm -hmm. We could, we had a conversation on the phone once where neither one of us talked for more than three minutes, but it was still going. So we just communicated telepathically, must be, because we got to the point and figured that out but i would say i'd like to think a healthy mix of the both yeah yeah i would say. I definitely enjoy teaching which i think both of them enjoyed i don't 
I don't imagine that just dad likes to teach. I think mom loved to teach. You have loved to work with kids. Patience. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that is that's where it is. Yeah, because ain't nobody else in my house have that. Ain't nobody. <laughs> None of your siblings do either. No. Well, maybe Lovey. I think dad. I think dad has off. it, but just it depends on who it's with, right? Well, right. Not with us, but at work with he kind of has sure. to. With me, for sure, 100. He has patience. Yeah, you're the favorite. We all know it. I'm just the baby, not the baby of the four, but the big baby that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Adriana would be. A, she's definitely a lot like Dad when he was younger, and that's the way that he describes it. Yeah, and he would say that. But she's definitely more caring about others and wanting to help others, like and Mom would be. The emotional side of Mom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's working through her own things mentally that she's got to figure out. Like, because she was always slightly different in that sense. I felt socially growing up. So. Yeah. Yeah. And she was only 16. Yeah. That it was right before her 16th birthday that mom, mom told us diagnosed. that she was diagnosed. And Adriana's first question was, are you going to make it to my birthday? So, I mean, she was at that tender age. That's not true. So it was two years before she passed was the diagnosis. So she, she was- Mom was diagnosed in 2013. Right. So she was 13. Oh, so she would have been 13. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't true. So, I mean, I mean but even she younger. Did, she did ask, are you going to yeah, make it to my Yeah, that was my main concern. Yes. Right, yeah. Because we left in March for Disney. The email that Uncle Spread James shared all the emails with Livy and I also read them, and then come to find out, I kept them all because I was on the email chain. But anyways, the first email that she sent was in March with a diagnosis, yeah. and she had said that she had just sat all of us down and told us. Right. And then she wanted to tell her family. Yeah, we came home from school and we're told we had to wait, but there's, because you had to show had to up. be out of work. Out of yeah, work. we had to wait for you to come get Walker and go home. Right. Why? What's so special about Allison coming home? Don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing good. But mom used to babysit Walker. Was he yeah. there that day? She you was mean, watching him? You used to babysit Walker? Well, no, I think Aunt Sam was After watching I him then. After I graduated, I did. I think Aunt Sam was still watching him then because I don't think mom watched him until... She was home. Right. The and summer. she would have still been During working. The summer. The, right, the summertime. And she didn't... There was something where she took... She kind of sort of retired, but took... Well, she took dad's vacation. Yeah, and a bunch of people at work actually stepped in and donated We're a bunch of time. To do that, yeah. Which now you're not allowed to anymore because we have a sick bank. So just use that. Right. Hmm. I remember going to pick her up from work <clears throat> when I was watching Walker because she was sick or wasn't feeling well or something. Probably during her. They probably was rode in together. Or something. Right? Still, yeah, because yeah. I had to go pick her up with Walker in the car. Mm-hmm. And then during her chemo treatments i would take walker and we'd spend the afternoon with her so we were talking about her first treatment and how all four of us were there well i drove her to her first chemo treatment it Mm. was she explained that in the email and then you guys you brought walker over later in the day yeah and spent the rest of the day with us and then i must have took walker home from there or no i would have had to drive mom back home yeah i wasn't driving you weren't there that day i don't think i ever went to you did not with all of us there, though. No, no, right, no. But in another email, she said that you and Adriana came after school. Yeah, Dad would bring us. To a treatment. Or um, Grandma would bring us. Yeah. That was all day long. Do you remember how many hours she had? She had was like four different bags. Right, so the, of something. the first day was a lot because she had to go in early and get blood work done. And then they started Benadryl and another medicine before they even started the chemo. 
And some of the bags were an hour long. Some of them were half an hour long. Yeah. I don't know if there was waiting in between, but it was, we were there all day long. Yeah. Probably from eight to four. Yeah. Well, and the chemo wasn't the first thing they they did. They had a pill at one point that was like chemo, but. Tarsiva. It was. Right. That was before her actual chemo treatments. The effects of it were lasting, unlike where chemo you have it. And then for a couple of days, you feel real sick and down and then you you kind of spring back before your next appointment the pill was just a constant right. everything tasted like metal yeah so chocolate was not good anymore which was definitely difficult yeah she had to have special kind of water yeah she talked about that in her email she ordered a case of water that a nurse might have yeah. suggested that had to less her minerals in it or yeah took them taste, taste away yeah. and eventually she wouldn't eat much so she had to have carnations for the protein yeah yeah. Had like 17 grams of protein in them or something. Did you ever have, did she ever put the mask that she had to wear for radiation on you? Yes. I don't remember that. Yes. It looked like Freddy, what's yes. that guy? Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Hockey mask. Yeah, the hockey mask. Disgusting. I guess she was excited to bring it home and show she us. Was, well, because it was a whole graduation thing. Like, yeah, like when right? she was done. They Yeah, they made a big deal about it and gave her the mask and said, here you go, you're done. <laughs> Do you remember her ever coming home from trainings for... It's TCI, but it's how to handle some of her students in a oh physical way. Oh, my word, yes. You remember what she and would she tell would us? she would try them out on us. She would say, come at me. Yes. And we would. And no, she would put you. us in a hold. And she you, was excited about that. It yeah. was like martial arts or, what do they call it, self-defense classes she had to take? So they're, they're TCI trainings for instructors or anybody in staff that can stop a special needs students from hurting themselves or others, but in a way that doesn't harm them. So you have to be very well trained in it and they're actually going away with it now they're they're going to start making it illegal and then we're not going to have any options supposed to touch anybody no and they're going to get rid of our planning rooms and a whole bunch of other stuff and i don't know what we're going to do in the future but new york state's on a great path (laughs) so transitioning into the facebook questions um you guys just answered the one that aunt sam had Uh, she also asked what was a favorite thing or time that your mom did with you Mine was the coming home from work every day and getting that first hug and then talking to her for 10, 15 minutes about what was going on. That was something I always looked forward to and one of the main things that, that kind of sticks in my head. Because at that age, going on, doing my own things, always hanging out with friends or whatever, I didn't really go and do much else with mom. I guess it was just always at home. I remember you guys watching the Die Hard movie series. Yes. Do you remember that green couch that folded out into a bed that we put in the living room for some weird reason and we hung out just you and me and mom watched something and we just couldn't stop laughing about it all day (laughs) did it come from grandma's house was that her old couch that she had in her tv room i I thought it came from in the playroom yeah we used it for quite a while we make critical oh yeah it was in the playroom yeah 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 but that yeah we would die hard was her was i was told her favorite movie i don't know if this is the correct story i don't know if it was remembered correct by me but i believe that was the first movie mom and dad saw when in high school, in like theaters? on one of their dates they um, went on. Because it came out in July of 87 or 88. I don't. But that was that was her movie and that was a movie that I watched with her. And now I can't get anybody in my house to do it with me, so I do it by myself. But I watch all five movies in succession on Christmas, around Christmas. Because the first movie is a Christmas, a Christmas movie. Because right. it takes place on Christmas Eve into Christmas morning. And even the second one can be stretched to a Christmas movie. Because it takes place around the holidays at the airport. But... Yeah, that was one of her favorite movies. The only 
reason I remember you in that movie thing is we had to go outside and stack wood every single day. And Wyatt got to stay inside and watch this movie with Mom while I went out and stacked wood by myself. Mm. Sorry yeah. for you. Well, it was sorry, probably a punishment it, for me, though. <laughs> you, you didn't go every Saturday and run the I skitter with it. Phil, and then every Sunday we went to cut all that wood that we skidded the day before. No, because... Um, that's, that's a memory, my favorite memory as a family, cutting wood and stacking wood with Mom and everybody. Yeah, and Mom knew how to run a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. She was Wonder Woman. I hated it at the time, but love it now. <laughs> Can't wait to get my kids into it. Yeah. One of my favorite memories is watching TV with her in her bed because that was her favorite place to watch TV when they put a TV in their room. And Livy mentioned that she liked to watch MASH, and I very much enjoyed watching MASH also. And any movie, really, that she was watching at the time. It was just a, that was our safe place and fun place to be with mom and that's the place that we talked about everything was yeah mom's bed mm-hmm. that's where she was where do you find her if she's not in the kitchen oh we would a lot of times we'd end our days there she'd make popcorn and she'd use a whole stick of butter yeah on her popcorn it was the best ever was that popcorn maker from her family or was that just one that she got i was one that you put oil in and it has a metal stick Metal stick that I spins have one it around. Like that, Big I orange bowl that, that you just came from. tip it into. Yeah. I had one too. I don't know if it was mom's, and then I had another one. Um, my favorite memory, though, was um, we would have family meetings in my bedroom, but just me and her. <laughs> and she would come in, and I remember her when she was struggling with um, Allison and the whole John and Walker thing. Uh, she came into my room and she's like, Livy, I know that you probably don't want to hear about this, but I need to talk to somebody. And I don't remember the whole conversation because I like to block things out that are too hard. But she just had to work through it and she needed a sounding board and she knew that I would just sit and listen. And um, we would pass notes Back and forth. So when her and dad were in school, they had these composition notebooks that they would pass notes back and forth through. And then when I was in middle school, I was boy crazy. I was, I would have a new boyfriend every week, every day, whatever. And she, I would talk to her about it. Yeah, crazy, right? (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Don't do this, please. Um, Not good advice. I would write notes about this to her, and we started our own composition notebook, and I brought it with me, but it's only, like, the first page, she fills the whole page, and she's like, we can use this to talk back and forth, or we can talk in person in my bed, and then the next the next page, I wrote a full page, and then every page was a little bit less, until it was only, like, one sentence back and forth, and then it just stopped, <laughs> but I think... Like, by that time, I was comfortable enough to just go in and talk to her about it because we would have those conversations in her bed or she'd come in my room and we'd talk in my bed. But conversations, heartfelt, deep conversations always happen in a bed. In a bed. <laughs> and the, the difficult ones can be made by writing it down easier. Right. Because then you don't have to confront them right away. And you so. don't have to cry while you're saying it. That's why people love text. Yeah. And texting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, Will asks question for Wyatt. How are you doing after your motorcycle accident? As far as I know, everything's 
I'll put back together, except I don't have um, some of my hearing. I don't think that's going to come back. So I broke my right collarbone, which they put a piece of stainless in there. That holds that back together. That's That can stay until a year, and if I want it out, I'll take it out. But if it doesn't bother me, then I'll leave it in. I had 40% hearing loss right away, and they said that could be just the fluid. That could just be things rattled around. So we did MRI. We did a whole bunch of other stuff. They found out that I fractured my temporal bone, but that was a month later. So they're like, well, it's on its way back to being healed, so you should be fine. Tell us where these bones are. Your temporal bone is right off the side of your ear, and it's kind of, it's not fully attached to the skull, but it's, it's partially in there, and it is behind all the organs in your ear. So that side of my head that made contact with the ground, sure, concussion and all that stuff, I, I fractured that bone enough to make it show up on a MRI and a CT scan. Impressive. Your collarbone, you know what that is, right? I have to cover that one. But it was two and a half centimeters overlapped. So they said, well, we're going to have to pull that back apart. But when I laid down on the table for surgery, they said, luckily, it came apart anyways. So the plate's in there. And I feel that. That's, I mean, it's your collarbone. It's on your skin. But because they have to cut that open, that's an eight inch. Do you feel six. that internally or with your You can feel it with fingers. your hand. And oh, the weather, I don't know if that affects. It did at first. I don't notice it now. They say when it rains, you know, you'll feel that metal in your it's stainless. It's inside my body. It's the same temperature as me. It's it's metal. It's not really gonna cool down that fast. So I don't I don't notice it so much. But I do notice like I can't put a two by four on that shoulder and walk with it anymore because it's gonna hit that plate and it's gonna rub right into the skin. So I just gotta switch sides. But I went. I mean, I was golfing at least three four weeks after surgery, so I was doing fine. It actually helped my golf game because it slowed me down and made it go straight. <laughs> Now that I'm, so maybe that's some advice for Uncle Richard. <laughs> yeah, slow down your swing. Don't worry about distance. Just hit it straight. It's what's oh, where it's made up. No breaking his collarbone. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if I recommend that. But I, I will be fixing and selling the bike soon. I I saw you post on Facebook. Asking for parts. Yeah. How did that show up on your feed? I don't know because it was in a group. It's in a VTX group, so. Can't but it's it's something that I, I really enjoyed it. Anybody that do it, I know there's a lot of people in the family that do it. I really, really enjoyed it. But for now, I'll wait until my kids are a little bit older and they remember me some more. <laughs> and then maybe when I retire, go buy another one. Because at that point, it, it'd be okay. But I don't understand, which it's, it's their choice, freedom, whatever it may be. But a helmet, gloves, jacket, all that stuff. I know I'm in Pennsylvania, but I'm still going to wear up, one. Selden. Because if there's anything I can do to avoid dying, I'm going to try my best to do it. I hit the ground at maybe 15 mile an hour max. But it's the, the weight of the bike, 700 pound bike throwing me into the ground. Knocked me out cold. I didn't come out of the road. Somebody stopped and pulled me out of the road and got me up on the side. So it doesn't take much. I mean, I driving down the highway and a turkey hits the car. I'm thinking if I'm on my bike, that's not going to go well either. Do you, you remember? Clean off. What you hit or what happened? I don't remember any of it. Right. I remember about Still. 30 seconds before where it was. But I was on my way home from golf. I stopped at Nichols, which is 15 minutes from home, because my visor was covered in bugs. So I took a squeegee out of the gas station and squeegeed my helmet off so I could see. Called Courtney and said, hey, I'm on my way home. You need milk? You need anything? Nope. So I was now 10 minutes from home where it happened. And 
Life 360, if you don't have it, you need to download it. Don't pay for it because I have the free version. It notified my wife that I was in an accident immediately. So what it does is it prompts me and says, were you in an accident? If you say anything, it's fine. But if you don't respond, it automatically sends her a message. He's either been involved in an accident, came to an abrupt stop, or his phone fell out somewhere. So she had no service to call me, had nobody to call. Called the neighbors. They didn't answer. Kids were in bed. Or kid was in one bed at this point. The other one was in the belly. So she said, I don't <laughs> he care was safe. if the neighbors aren't going to be able to get there or whatever. I'm just going to call the state police and tell them that my kid's in bed and I'm on my way to an accident scene. It's like, you can't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> so luckily the neighbors came over and she rode down with them and got there. And she's like, how are all these people here before me? It's like, well, they called 911, so they're pretty fast. Right. But I don't remember much of the trip to the hospital. I talked to the state troopers a little bit. That was an interesting thing. They had to call me like three, four more times because they were training one trooper and he didn't take notes. So he had to call me a couple of days later. Hey, can you give me some info on your accident? Wish you could, buddy, but I don't remember it at all. So I'll answer what I can. And then two days later, I got a call from the other trooper saying, hey, how'd this trooper do? Because I'm his training officer and I'm just checking in to see if he did a good job. It's like, well, he was respectful from what I talked to, but I don't remember anything. So, and dad's, expression so courtney called dad that night right and it's like 9 30 by the time she called so he's in bed i'm surprised he answered his phone because it's at the bar he's yeah. not gonna hear it so he might not have been in bed yet but the he bar answered in it. his house not <laughs> yeah. not a drinking yeah, bar. he goes to the bar leaves his phone and then he goes home <laughs> right. and goes to bed. but when he answered she said why well, was this an accident i'm on my way to the hospital i don't know what condition he's in and he just nothing nothing and he said okay and she's like um all right, I'll see you. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. And then he talked to her and said he would come in at night or whatever if he needed to. But she stayed there. I don't remember. Her mom must have came and got Iva. Or she went home. She was she with you. Morning. She was with me at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Because <clears throat> her when hand she texted us. was stuffed was down in my... <clears throat> that, that brace they put you in. Holy smokes. That's not comfortable. A neck brace. So I complained about that, and then she's like, the nurses didn't do anything. So she sh- put her hand down in there so it wasn't pinching on my mm. neck. But She texted us about that time, and you probably were, like, stabilized for the time being. Right. And I can remember my phone going off. I remember getting a text, but it wasn't important enough for me to look at, so I went back to sleep. <laughs> so it wasn't that text? It was. And then when I got up, at six o'clock in the morning and looked at my phone i was like oh my gosh what just happened last night it's terrible what were you doing up all night crying i was i probably didn't look at it until the morning either no, i figured not um i and then i where go was i working that i could take i was working at the daycare and i could take that day you came off. up the next day yeah with dad and um just sat with you for a little while i guess i don't remember that at that point i was I was getting released, and the guy across from me just started putting his clothes on. And they were like, no, no, you're not leaving. He's leaving. He's like, I don't care what you say. I'm releasing myself. I've been in here too long. No, 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 you you, you can't leave. I was like, I, sorry, but I'm I'm leaving. I got to go. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was just released in a sling. Don't ask him for another sling if you go in with a sling. Mine was covered in blood from my elbow and stuff. And I was like, can we wash this? They never cleaned you up. Can we do any, like, two days of just 
whatever. It was really sticky. And they're like, well, we can give you another one. It's like, oh, that'd be great. It's just a net sling, nothing fancy. It's 50 bucks a pop because my insurance only covers 20%. I was like, well, I don't want to know how much that thing costs if that was 20%. That's expensive. Or we, I'd pay 20%. So whatever that adds up to, yeah. that's a, that's a expensive piece of cloth that doesn't do anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that. I'd say I'm all good, I think, <clears throat> other than the hearing loss. I don't notice much. It's, it's only in high pitches. So like I'll, I'll hear a beeping in this ear, but not in this ear. Hmm. For the audio listeners, that was left to right. <laughs> My mom also asks, years ago, you guys used to go to the Rogers Ladies Retreat uh, in High Point, New Jersey. Apparently, there was some story of you guys stealing the shower curtains in the girls' bathrooms. She wants to hear the story about that, so I don't know who wants to tell that. How well, many times did you go to the Ladies Retreat? I can only remember, honestly remember, like one time, maybe two. I think... Anyways, it was Aunt Donnie's idea to get all the Rogers ladies, women, together. And we would meet at the halfway. Which was High Point, Point, Which was High Point, yeah. It was a state park, Park. something like that. We would rent a cabin, and it would have two separate sides full of bunk beds. Like, I mean, two separate rooms on either side of the cabin full of bunk beds. So Aunt Donnie said that the, I mean, if you're walking in the door, the left, the right side would be the older women with no no younger kids and then the left side would be all of the moms with younger kids whatever because aunt donnie doesn't want to wake up to crying children (laughs) just kidding sorry aunt donnie (laughs) anyways um we would aunt sam and mom would get together and they'd be like we gotta prank these guys like they're sh- they're putting us with our kid kids, so this can't be a relaxing weekend like it is for them. And uh, Aunt Sam and we had our bathrooms in the bunk bed bedrooms would be like there was two open showers with curtains in between them, and then there would be like two or three stalls with the toilets, and uh, the other side would be a nicer bathroom, and they had like. One toilet and one shower, but the shower was nicer and whatever else. Anyways, I don't remember if it was Aunt Sam's idea or Mom's idea or something, but... I think it was Aunt Sam's. Uh, probably. What they were thinking of, what can we do to sabotage them? Whatever. Do you remember some... Off topic. Do you remember one of the other people's pranks was to put raisins in the lasagna? Yes. Whose was that? <laughs> Maybe that was them getting back at us. Uh, and it was like, this ain't nothing, guys. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but anyways, the shower curtain thing. So we, I was one of the ones that went over and had to hide it under my nightgown or something when we came back. We must have went over and said, hey, our bathroom's full. I really have to go. Yeah. Can I use your bathroom? And I went in there. I don't think I went in alone. Maybe I went in with Vandela or right. I can, some other little girl. Seriously, the only thing I remember from this is just laughing. <coughs> right, because it was so funny. <laughs> and Sam was, Sam was so... Full of mischief. Right. So that's all I remember, Aunt Sam. Sorry. I must have shoved it under my nightgown or whoever was with me shoved it under their nightgown when, when we walked they, back out of the room. And, oh, that was so funny. They're like, guys, give it back. <laughs> but someone else was talking about putting... Uh, 
when we were talking about ideas to do, they were like, we should put saran wrap over the toilet seat so when they go to the bathroom, like it goes all over the floor, or we should put a chocolate bar in there and melt it or something, and we ended up stealing the shower curtain, which I thought was lame, but <laughs> that was fun. And then um, there's a picture that Vendela had of Mom and Aunt Sam sitting on the couch there, and Aunt Sam has her arms wrapped around Mom's neck, and they're both smiling, Jeez, like all super teeth. Hard. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Vendela shared it, and one of the ladies from our church, Grace Community Church, that me and Allison go to, um, said, you guys should recreate this. So me and Vendela recently Did recreated last, it, yeah. Last weekend. And then Allison's in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. No, I was taking the picture. And then you were in the background. Well, you had to post that in the Rogers Facebook. Vendela, did Vendela post it? I have no idea. I haven't. I don't know. I haven't looked today. But sorry, Sam. My aunt Sam. My memory's garbage. Other than it must have had to be shoved under a nightgown, and I was very uncomfortable with that idea. So maybe it wasn't even mine. Maybe I made whoever came with me do it. <laughs> Vendela asks, what character traits of your mom's did you admire and which ones drove you nuts? Well, I, I can't really think of any off the top that would drive me nuts, but one that I definitely admire and, and try to carry on through what I do, like in my own personal life and at work and everything else, is just how much thought she would put in everybody. So her her selflessness and then her, her caring ways that would, would always allow for you to feel safe whenever you're talking to her, whenever you're working through something. So I try to use that with anybody that I work with, my students and things like that. And at home too, just being open to what everybody else is feeling and always listening and, and making sure that you're kind of on the same page for making things better and making them feel better, if that's the end goal. Yeah, she would... Um Think of the other side of the story, not just her side. Like, what am I trying to say? Get the other's perspective. Yeah. See both sides. Yes. Um, to go along with why it's a little bit, and it reminds me of something I wrote down too about um, Grandma Peg, that they were taking people in always, or just there was always somebody staying at their house that needed help. And we had a couple of those growing up that lived with us. I remember one of them was maybe Daddy's student, or something that stayed with us during the summer. Do you remember that? It might have been when I was real young. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember why or whatever. But um, also her her patience with the mentally handicapped people that she worked with. She brought some over for Christmas dinner or something when we were down at Grandma's house. Grandma said. Yeah, and just her love for those people and her patience. And one of them bit her arm <laughs> and she wanted to get a tattoo yeah. of the bite marks. Yeah. yeah, it was a girl with the name and the date because yeah. she struggled with that girl, but mm -hmm. she just loved her to death. Yep. Yeah. So something to admire was her selflessness and just her want and will to help people that needed help, no matter what that help was. I would say patience is definitely then considered a character trait. Yeah. Because it's not something, I don't, I don't know if it's something you can learn. A lot of people that don't have it have a hard time figuring that out. But I'm definitely glad that I have it because it's, it's definitely really beneficial. Right. Lucky for you. <laughs> Whenever 
Somebody asks Daddy what they can get him. He says, more patience, please. (laughs) You should see him at work, though. It's different. I mean, if you saw him, we all saw him at the memorial. That was what he he does on a daily basis. Something that he was passionate about. Something that he got up to speak about. You could see it in him and how he carried himself with it. That's what he does on a daily basis. As much as he told us growing up that he does not like people. Right. He works with the young ones. All the time. I mean, he works with juniors and seniors and gets them ready for their careers and makes sure they're mature and ready to rock. So he's kind of untruthful in that, that he doesn't like people. He just doesn't like people as adults, I guess, that don't Well, I think that, like, if he has something to get done, he's going to get it done. You know, and maybe he has that mindset going into it. Like, he knows that he has to teach them a certain way for them to get this done, so... I mean, even if he doesn't like it, he's going to do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd try to, I guess, strive to be as much of a rock as she was. I, I think she held a lot of that together. Would have to. With anything that we got going on, anything that Dad's got going on, on top of what she's got going on, we never saw. Like, keeping that, not necessarily hidden, but not letting it be a burden to anybody else. Right. I mean, I don't think we ever really got to see later in life when you mature a little bit and she can talk to you about certain things like she did with you. And right. I, I hope to have that kind of relationship with my kids as they grow up. The biggest memory I have of her selflessness was when she lost her hair or had asked Aunt Jean to shave it off and she was wearing wigs. She would always ask us, do you mind if I take my wig off or do you want me to keep it on? Yeah. Yeah, for whatever it was for us. Right. And we'd be like, Mom, do whatever makes you comfortable. Right. Like, don't worry about us. I really liked her fuzzy hair when it finally came <laughs> back in. It. Yes. She would she would come up to us and yeah, be like, feel, feel my hair. It's growing back. It's a crazy song. Yeah. But Aunt Lisa shared a story with me. When we went to, um, about her wig, when we went to New York City, there was a bus that was leaving from Bosey's or something, and Mom took the three of us girls and Aunt Lisa came too and Aunt Lisa said on her way back home it was dark so mom had taken her wig off and then we had made a stop at a McDonald's or something and she had forgotten to put it back on she went out into the store and took one of us I don't remember going if it was you or Adriana back in the store and she wasn't wearing a wig and then she came back on the bus and she's like oh I didn't put my wig back on (laughs) But she was always thinking about, like, is this going to make somebody else uncomfortable? And if it is, I don't want to do it. Yeah, the, the sacrifices that everybody makes. Right. She was a great example of that. Yeah. Um, Vendela shares a memory, and I guess we can kind of close with this, and then if you guys want to add anything else to what she says. She says she is kind. She is thoughtful. She made me feel at home, uh, like she saw past any flaws and just saw me for me and she loved me the whole world melted away in her presence there was just her and i as an adult i know now she always had jesus join our conversations too she would sneak in jesus a lot i mean she wouldn't looking back at her notes she wouldn't say this is what the bible says but she'd be like you know what we do this because because we believe right but you felt that that love and that comfort and that. Yeah, I don't think we, I never felt like there was nothing that we couldn't talk about, nothing that we couldn't 
go to her for if we needed help. Right, and that must have been something that she didn't see in her mom that she wanted to make a change. Right. Anything else you guys wanted to add before we close? I think that'll do it. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on, taking the time and joining us on the show. Um, We hope everybody got to learn something about your mom that they may not have known. Yeah, and anybody can feel free to reach out if they got more questions or want to hear more things or even want to just talk about stuff. Have at it around the book. Come to my house on Labor Day picnic. Yeah, Labor Day picnic. All right, remember that. Okay, well, thank you guys for joining us again, uh, and we hope everybody enjoys listening. See you next week. And cut. (laughs) 